That's a practice run. We can always redo something. All right. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. Well, today we've got uh, Mr. Benjamin. (laughs) Benjamin came in today uh, for a massage. Just did a half hour, so not much. But man, what a cool cat. Bro, you have some stories to tell. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I was uh, driving down here. That's kind of uh, amazing that uh, we met, I think, literally less than five hours ago. And here we are uh, having a little podcast thing. That's great. So So it's just, uh, you know, I know uh, parents say don't... uh, don't talk to strangers, but I say always <laughs> talk to strangers because that's how you meet the interesting folks. That's fuckers. where you learn, right? Exactly. Hey, man, tell me a little bit about yourself. You said you were in the Air Force. I, I for was. I, I joined the Air Force years. at the age of 20. I had celebrated my 21st right, birthday in right. boot camp, how which cool. was not super fun. No? Uh, and, yeah, I spent 25 years uh, in the military. Um, 25 yeah, years. Hey, yeah, thank you century. for your service, man. Thank you. Thank you. I also spent uh, 25 years in a different institution of marriage. Oh, And okay. so both my military career and my marriage ended at the same time. Okay. So like everything that defined me for a quarter century, my whole adult life, gone. Right out the window. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you moved I, back to California? I, I am. Yeah, I was I was born and raised in uh, California, and it just feels like home. Right here? Uh, Monterey, uh, so uh, I was born in Oakland, raised okay. in uh, Arinda, and uh, uh, over the hill from uh, Berkeley. Uh, my daughter's going to Cal now, Berkeley. So uh, yeah, and so, but my father, when he retired young, like me, right. he uh, retired uh, on Mount Madonna Road, up between Watsonville and Gilroy, right. and it was always this bounce between Santa Cruz and Monterey every time I'd come home to visit California. And right. as a military guy who's moving every two years, who frankly doesn't have a home. This was my home because every Christmas this is where I bring even my in kids. Your head, right? Yeah, you yeah. I mean, it was the only like oh, stable cool. place I had for that whole right. quarter century adventure was coming back to this area. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited to talk to you. I forgot to introduce Miss Melinda. Hi, Miss Melinda. Melinda. Hi. Uh oh. <laughs> nice to meet you. You as well. I feel like did somebody come in? I felt some chimes coming. Yeah, in. chimes coming in. <laughs> it might have just been a spirit. Might have been a human. Yeah, Do we need right? to check? Yeah, no, somebody just walked by. Uh, silence. That's the ringer at the house. Sorry. That's all it's right. All so, Miss Melinda was born on a army base somewhere in Kentucky. Oh. No, Kansas. Kansas. Huh. My father was in the military. Oh, what would branch? Uh, army. Oh, okay. He was a drunk, though, so only, he only... Well, I, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, as an Air Force, you know, you know, 05, you know, I'm not going to say anything because that would come off snooty. No, kidding, right, kidding. right. No, that, that's great. Yeah, yeah, the military connections. Awesome. Well, I was talking to you about, um, so you went in as enlisted. Yeah. And you worked your way up. Yeah, to yeah. You are now. How far yeah. did you go? So, um... I retired as a lieutenant colonel as an 05. Wow. Uh, yeah, I Woo. attended uh, Air War College in residence. Air War College. Which ordinarily is a uh, 100% selection rate to 06 to colonel. Okay. Um, and so that was my track. I was going to go on to be a colonel, group sure. commander, and everything. Right. Uh, but I uh, experienced a significant personal loss that just made me reevaluate kind of everything about my life. Right. And uh, we, we parted ways amicably, mostly really? amicably with uh, the military. So uh, the marriage to, split first, and then you were just... Like, uh, no, no. Uh, the military split first. Oh, okay. Uh, here, here's how I tell the story. And then you were around all the time, and she was yeah. like, ah. <laughs> well, no, no. I, I tell the story like this. I have a metaphor that I think works. Um, so I, I was raised um, in a very kind of hippie environment, if I'm being honest. Oh, right, uh, right. My, San my dad, right? Yeah, my dad was going to, you know, uh, dodge the draft. I was almost born in Canada. 
Um, I was raised a vegetarian, um, oh, and the wow. story my dad told me was that uh, back in the 60s, he had dropped LSD at a barbecue, looked at the meat on the grill, and decided this is a living creature, and if there's no need to cause it harm, we will not cause it harm. And I was raised a vegetarian. Yeah, for really? 25 years, I 25 followed uh, that vegetarian years. path because wow. of his, uh, his psychedelic experience. Um, <laughs> and then uh, at uh, the age of... Good or bad? What? Good or bad? Oh, good. At the good. end of the... I mean... Was that a good experience? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I wound up going to this school uh, that was, at the time I joined it, 6th grade to 12th grade was 32 people. It was a couple of trailers at the time. And I have still have the yearbook. If you open it up, 6th grade, Benjamin Forrest. 7th grade. I mean, literally, that's how small it was. That's and funny. you called all the teachers by their first name. And, no kidding. Uh, yeah. And so, like, uh, and honestly, it was basically this kind of hippie dude. Um, who started a private school with all of his cow buddies, and they That's were just—it was so fun. And there was no sports, like, but we had a field. Right. But you know, what we did in the field instead of playing sports. No kidding, this is a real memory. We went out to the field and we screamed out. No, but very fucking close, very close. No, we screamed out lions uh, from Allen Ginsberg's howl. And I remember my line. It was, fuck you, America, with your atom bomb. <laughs> like, no kidding. This was my high school. Yeah. Fuck you, America, with your atom bomb. <laughs> nice. And so when you come out of that upbringing, what do you do to rebel? I go guess you the join military, the military, right? vote Republican, and go to church. Oh, have mercy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there was a lot of years in between, but I, I think there was something of a rebellion against that kind of a little bit chaotic upbringing. It's like backwards almost for most yeah, people, you yeah. know, right? And and so I was born in a hospital, but no kidding, that was it for me in the medical community. It. My dad was a chiropractor. He didn't believe in uh, traditional medicine. And so right. the first time a needle ever entered my skin was at the age of 21 in basic training. I mean, they no took care of me. No immunizations, no nothing. Never, huh? never until wow. the military. Now I'm the most immunized guy in the sure, world. Right, you know, right, smallpox, yeah. anthrax, oh, you name it. I'm name immunized. It. So. <laughs> so, you know, the COVID vaccine, I'm like, oh, bring it on. Bring it. <laughs> you guys got nothing. Right. That's great. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so, so, so kind of a, a little kind of crazy upbringing. Yeah, this kind of California hippie childhood to this very cookie-cutter, conservative, military upbringing, right. Iraq, Afghanistan, all these insane experiences. And now a couple of years after that, kind of, I hope, integrating those two pieces, kind of that wild piece yeah. at the beginning and the more right. you know restrained piece at the end. Yeah. But uh, I'll tell you, um, what, what's interesting to me is, like, so since I'm in this place where I can just kind of pursue whatever, do whatever, you know, I'm divorced, my kids are more or less grown. And so what's young. it about? And relatively young, relatively right. young. And I think um, what life's about, what I, at least it is for now, is about healing. So uh, this morning I had my very first experience with a Reiki healer. I sought that out at the That's recommendation awesome. of some friends. This weekend right. I'm going to Esalon and Big Sur for a healing movement thing. <laughs> and so, yeah, and, and obviously that's what brought me here, like literally into this building and, and to meet you was healing. Because that? I had come to realize... Um, that this pain we carry, you know, we think it's all in our head and you can sort it out in your head and that's important, but it's also like physically in the body. Right. It's in the muscle. It's, and when I, you know, came across my healing and my transformation, I was astounded by how physical it was, how intensely physical it was. Right. And so that's what brought me here today was, uh, you know, looking for some kind of healing because I know there's these pensions and pains in this body right. and somehow they need to come out. Not everybody, you know, believes in that or digs that, you know, energy or whatever. But it, it is, it's a constant battle for me 
to try to get rid of the energy that I absorb because I'm dealing with a lot of, you know, scoliosis and car accidents and, you know, trauma PTSD. and PTSD, lots of PTSD. There's yeah. so much military here yeah. and people will just literally just break out crying uh-huh. on the table. Yeah. When I start going over muscles in their shoulders, back up the back of their neck and shoulders, and they'll just break out crying because something that had been holding in, yeah. I've released. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly the science, but... Yeah, yeah. It, it's a constant, you know, yeah. like I say, not everybody digs that, you know, but yeah. believes in it. Oh, you know, I mean, a you year know. ago, I probably would have thought it was bullshit, too. But right. when you experience it, you kind of you don't have any choice right. to believe it. It right. doesn't matter if you believe it or not. Once you experience exactly. it, it's real. Right. Yeah, and I, I, I remember uh, saying to you uh, earlier today, I'm like, oh, well, this probably isn't a bad job. You just do your massages, you go home, and it's gone. You don't have to think yeah, about right. it. You don't have to worry about it. You said, no, no, yeah, buddy. Right. Yeah, and, and it made me think about, uh, I met another dude uh, a few days ago, and he was a hospice nurse. Wow. Ooh, I mean, can you imagine what you carry home? I know. I you gotta, you gotta have a tough soul, or find some way to let right, that out, or that'll, right. that'll drain you. I can't imagine. I can't doing even that imagine. For a long time. Right. There's a lot of yeah. jobs like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, military. <laughs> you know, depending on what you're doing in the military, but if you're over in Afghanistan, yeah. Afghanistan or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the worst thing. You know, what? Baby doctors. It's gotta oh. be the worst thing in the world. I don't know how they mm-hmm. carry that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of great things, but a lot of sadness. God, what a timely topic. You know? um, yeah, so I've got a, a couple of Afghanis I've been talking to. One of them, thankfully, is in San Diego, uh, but I did reach out to him. Oh, did you say him. that you yeah. helped to get him here or something? No, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, you know, it was crazy. Uh, we met in Kabul. Uh, I've got a picture of our last meal together. It's crazy. We came from such different worlds. I mean, here's, oh, you know, that's, rich hippie Ben growing up in the Bay Area. Uh, that's funny, and then right? there's this Afghani guy who's telling me about a severed head falling into his lap as a child, as a Muslim in Afghanistan in this, you know, frankly barbaric place. Truly. How different could he and I be? Wow. But the minute we met, it was like, isn't that crazy? He was smart, and there was something, there was just some friendship that right. immediately bonded between right. us. I still have this uh, uh, jewelry box that he gave me as a parting gift. I mean, this poor Afghani, I mean, he can't afford anything, but I don't know, whatever reason, I mean, we just connected. Right. And so, obviously, that's, he needed to come here, because when you work for people like me, you got a target on your back over there. That's true. You really huh? do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right, right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, took, there, it took years, but right before COVID, he uh, got out to San Diego, uh, I happened to reach out and say, hey, did you ever get to America? And he's like, yeah, actually, I need a reference for my job. <laughs> like, nah, nah. So I, you know, hopefully helped How him get cool. that job. But I, I reached out to him and um, he, uh, you know, he, it was, I mean, the, the, the email would honestly probably make you cry. His mom and his brothers are still there. And oh, he wow. said, I've been made. I've been made because they're going after the families of the people who worked for oh, us. Shoot. Yeah. 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 And so that's that's one guy, and I mean, you know, thank God he and his kids are here. Because can you imagine his kids' future here versus there? I mean, for generations. Uh, I mean, the whole future yeah, of that family right. has changed because those kids are here. I mean, oh, my God, I can't even imagine. Right. Yeah, but uh, the other story is still in progress. Uh, another uh, man uh, reached out to me. Uh, I wasn't close to him at all, but I do remember him. Yeah. And he said, "Look, they're going to kill me because I work for you." Wow. I mean, and people like you, of course. Right. I mean, I was only there right. eight months, whatever. But, uh, yeah, he worked for years for NATO, and that's a death sentence right now in Afghanistan. So why would he do that? Why did he do it? Right. Oh, for to money. Make a, to They're make all a, just trying to survive out to there. To make a better yeah. 
country for, for the yeah, yeah. future, or yeah. is it? Yeah, well, and he has daughters. That, I mean, my be? God, if you have daughters in Afghanistan what and you're a decent human be? being, hopefully right. you don't want the Taliban to charge you. human being. Yeah, so he uh, he reached out to me. Uh, I don't know a week ago, ten days ago, looking for a letter uh, for a uh, special immigration visa, something like that, because uh, we are trying to bring in those guys, right? Because uh-huh. we owe it to them morally, right. I think. Right, right. And so anyway, I, I got him the letter. He's got it in hand, but right now. He can't get to the airport. He can't get to Kabul airport. Kaya, that's where I worked. Yeah, he just needs to get to the airport with that letter in his hand, and he's saved. But we all know the Taliban doesn't want that to happen. They're letting the foreign nationals leave. They're letting the Americans leave because they don't want any more shit. The Afghani's like, no, 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 you're staying here. Uh, And we keep seeing, you know, um, yeah, I mean, uh, today I saw an article about the Taliban torturing women, and they're hunting, you know, people who worked for the Americans or NATO or whatever, and it's just, it's tragic. And, you know, a friend of mine um, sent me a text saying, oh, you know, are you doing okay? I feel so bad for you. And I'm like, dude, I'm fine. I, I have resources. I can go get massages and Reiki and Sishama. I can do whatever I want to get healed. I feel bad for those bastards because they right. have no options. Right, yeah. right. You're carrying that. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. rough, man. Yeah. Right. I mean, compared to them. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, uh, <laughs> right. I, I'm pretty. I'm doing pretty exactly. damn good. I'm doing pretty damn good because right. you know whatever comes up for me, I, you know, I've got the VA. I've got you right. know people like you. I've right, got right. Uh, places I can go to work through this stuff, and those people just have nowhere to turn. Right. That's terrible. It is. It is. So what have you done to heal so oh. far? Oh, we talked a little bit about. Some different teas. Sure, sure. Shamans. Yeah, so, so I'll, I'll say, I'll say some this. Great things about that with yeah. PTSD. Yeah. So I started so. out, um, you know, in the military. Uh, my, uh, I don't know. Hmm. You know, kind of the the catalyst event for like all the the transformation happened about four years ago. It was after my dad died and just. This, horrible string of events and so you know in the military i sought out you know i went to mental health like voluntarily hey please help me and they gave me the counseling and they gave me this and they gave me all these medications the pills and, you know honestly yeah and i'm like god you know the i've tried every you know medication under the sun and you know one of them will like not work at all and then the other one well it works but i can't have an orgasm now it's right. an antidepressant but it really depresses me to not have an right. orgasm. you know I, it's a, oh, I mean the side effects more than not exactly i know and then yeah the they, no kidding they would give me a, a pill to take care of that know, it was just this here. this bring pills which didn't work and it was a band-aid at best and right. honestly a lot of it just made it worse i just gave up you know right i really did and um so after i got out i had some more freedom now and so i started looking into stuff and um one of the things i tried that wouldn't have been possible in the military was uh was ketamine mm. uh, i'd say what's uh, ketamine it's a um it's, we got a nurse it's, with us what's ketamine oh special k <laughs> <laughs> oh it's uh, it's both oh, it's a tranquilizer oh, and a party the, drug. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's not like pharmaceutical. Yeah. Mm. Oh no, no, they, they'll use it. It's, it's oh, a. Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah, oh, they I use see. it as a tranquilizer. Oh, okay. um, honestly, I think it would have a lot of use in ERs for like immediate relief of suicidal thoughts. Oh, really? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, right now. Shoot them yeah, off. Um, and it was interesting. It was a fascinating uh, kind of journey into the mind. I did it totally legally, therapeutically. Sure. Uh, Salt Lake City. There was a guy with a great veterans discount. And normally you do like six sessions. And my, uh, as of yesterday, ex-wife was lovely. She held my hand during the sessions. And How about that? Yeah, you journey into the mind. Um, but to me, uh, it was, because it is ultimately a tranquilizer, it just brought you into unconsciousness. It was not, you know, what I needed. I, yeah, I needed something else. And there was no integration or therapy around it. So to me, it was an immediate relief. It was very interesting. But right. it was not 
a cure, Thera- certainly. Therapeutic. Yeah, diet, yeah. Like. And, uh, you know, my, uh, my ex uh, uh, even looked into, um, um, what do you call it? No, 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 no. Uh, we weren't there yet. We weren't there yet. No, I'm thinking more one flew over the cuckoo's nest, uh, ECT, right? It's not as barbaric as one flew over the cuckoo's yeah, nest, is. but it is available. But it, oh my gosh, what a commitment. That is really? a big commitment of time and care and right. everything. And and honestly, as somebody who uh, uh, watched and read and met Ken Kesey, one flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of sticks in my right. head. Yeah. So I never went that route. I, I know people who have, but I never went that route. What's um, that one that Mike Tyson did? He was like oh, licking DMT, toads or something? Or DMT. DMT yeah, I've, I've not done it, but I have a lot to say about it and a lot of interest in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Sounds interesting. In it's, it's, you yeah. know, to listen to Mike Tyson talk about it. Oh, yes. It really, I, I, yes. It really changed Absolutely, him. Really, absolutely. And yeah. I, I looked him up after watching a video about his experience to see if there was any more crimes, and there weren't. Yeah. Oh, I have a lot to say about DMT, but that isn't my journey. We'll, we'll pin in that. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I, um, and then uh, it was even a couple years ago, I read about um, uh, psilocybin, uh, magic mushrooms. Okay. And as soon as I read about it, I knew that was the answer. And uh, I uh, went online to order some uh, syringes because you can order them legally in almost every state for research purposes. You can't, you know. And, uh, I, and I just sat on the shelf. I mean, I knew that was the answer, but I just, for whatever reason, I didn't. I don't know. It intimidated me. And then uh, I had an experience last November at Veterans Day. And uh, when I came out of it, I realized the most important thing in my life is healing. And I need to heal. How about that? And I looked up at those syringes. But I I knew I couldn't do it alone. Yeah. And so I I sought out a a place that I believed was the safest place to experience uh, the magic mushrooms. Right. Uh, For, you know, uh, unfortunately, tragic uh, reasons. Uh, Psilocybin is a Schedule I drug, so I won't talk about the when and where and who. But Mm -hmm. uh, I sought out a shaman psychologist in a safe environment, in a group environment. um, And it was the single most powerful transformational experience of my life. It was DMT? Uh, No, it wasn't. It was psilocybin. Oh, it was psilocybin. It was psilocybin. And you're doing that with, uh, with a syringe? Uh, no, no. Just uh, eating the mushroom. No, I, it was a it was a cup of tea, which I think oh, is so beautiful. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah, I yeah. This too. this uh, this psychologist, this shaman, handed me a cup of tea, and my wow. life changed completely. Wow! And uh, That's I, I a was big statement, man. Was it it like was. A purge? Was it a purge? Oh. of emotion or? Uh, like that's an understatement, but yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, it was it was like a nuclear explosion in my heart. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's like you know, I grew up in kind of a uh, you know, frankly waspy family that was sure. not into yeah, emotions, yeah. and you know, I'm a a boy, I'm a Gen X boy, and right. boys don't cry, right? Right. You know, like the Cure song. Not loud. <laughs> and uh, then you know, the profession I chose. You know, I mean, I talk about you know God emotional repression. <laughs> Suck it up, Buttercup. Right, you know, exactly. there's no time for your fear, no yeah. time for anything. Right. You do your fucking job, That's and you right. suck it up. <laughs> and uh, therapy in the military, historically, we know what that is. Yeah. Lug lug lug. Right. right? Yeah. That's your antidepressant right there. Alcohol. Right. And oh my God, it's rampant in the military. It's sure. rampant. Yeah, and they right. don't have a good cure for it when you you do fall prey to that. You know. It's legal. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, just, uh, yeah, so uh, the mushroom uh, experience to me, uh, as soon as I read about it, I knew it was the answer. And I put it this way. It sounded to me, when I read about it, like a sleeping pill for my ego. And if I could take that sleeping pill for for my ego, ego, I could get back there and find the pieces of the puzzle I was always trying to solve my whole life. Because that's what it felt like. I have this problem-solving mind, and I was trying to solve all the pieces of the puzzle, but I I didn't have all the pieces. I thought they were in other people's heads, but you know, no, they're all in my head. I just need to get back there, but my ego won't let me. 
And yeah, and so I went into that experience. And just to give like an idea of how extraordinary it was, uh, during the military, especially on the officer's side, we do a lot of Myers-Briggs personality, 360 shit. And I did the Myers-Briggs many times, and I always came out the same way, you know. And, and the I, it was always the I, especially. Stuff, other stuff I flip, I was always the introvert, always the introvert. And the minute that T really hit me, it was a complete flip. Um, extrovert all the way. And in fact, uh, I had a, a counselor afterwards have me retake the Myers-Briggs, and it literally was a complete flip of what I was for the no last kidding. 25 years in the military. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the other extraordinary thing was the physicality of it all. Um, you know, a lot of the people in the room, I think there was, I don't know, 12, 13 of us, most of them were just laying down the whole time. Oh, not me. Oh, not me. Like, Pump, yeah. It was like Popping literally pounding on my chest, really? like to the point that my, I believe my heart chakra, you know, fucking exploded and I had a Kundalini awakening. <laughs> and honestly, that's how crazy it was. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I, I came out of it just on fire and uh, I saw everybody else who'd been through it and they're all sitting around the table like, what's wrong? Did somebody else die? My God, my God. <laughs> we all just saw, you know, the gates of reality opened right. up and, you know, saw God and no, I, I guess, you know. They didn't. It just, yeah, I guess not. not. I mean, yeah, we're all on our own yeah. path, right? right? And it just, for whatever reason, I think because I was so fucking repressed, frankly, that it just exploded in right. this uh, really powerful way. Right. And, uh, yeah, I came home and, um, yeah, within days, probably 48 hours, the wife and I split. Wow. Because it was like this recognition of, oh, the mask is off and you don't even recognize me and I don't even recognize you. Because there was like kind of a new Benjamin revealed, you know, not the one she knew. Just put some time in together. Twenty five years, raised two beautiful wow. kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, yeah, amazing children. So, so you're always gonna be friends. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it's been obviously hard through the divorce, sure. right, uh, right. but I'll tell you, um, it, as soon as it got final yesterday, I, I sat down and I sent her an email, and the the title of the email was healing. Good and it you. was uh, basically the most kind, loving olive branch that I was capable of that time. And I signed it, Love, Benjamin. And you know what? Uh, she replied back and she gave me this wonderful update on what was going on with our younger daughter, which is exactly what I was so frustrated because we weren't co-parenting. We weren't talking about that stuff. And boom, I got exactly what I wanted. I just needed to right, give her some love. Right. And she signed it, Love, uh, you know, love Heather. And how, I mean, how beautiful is that? How cool that is within that? hours of the court calling to say, it's final. Right. That we were able to kind of establish some uh, some peace there. Wow. So again, you that's know, so back good for the kids too. I know, right? That's, yeah, yeah. You know, carrying forward. Yeah, yeah. But again, back to you know that that key word I brought up at the beginning: healing. Right. Right. That was healing. You know, right. that's a huge step. I always talk about like yeah. our childhood, how we're we are programmed. Oh God, yeah. Our childhood, you know, for and sure. we all need a little bit of healing. Right. <laughs> Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's got, you know, trauma to some degree or another. Yeah. Some of us, you know, got a little rougher than others, you know, right. but we all do. Yeah, yeah. But everybody handles it differently. So yeah, some yeah. People can have less and take it worse. And yeah. Some people can just it, get hit by everything and, and, just and smiling. You know, uh, the most beautiful thing in the world to me is when two people who've had that trauma can somehow come together and heal each other because I've right. seen that happen in life. The most tragic thing that happens when two people have had that trauma come together and they just make it worse. Yeah. And I've seen that happen too. And right. I, I think, unfortunately, that's a lot of, you know, maybe what happened in my marriage. Yeah. yeah. But I've had other friends who've been through trauma and we really are able to heal, right. you know, so, yeah. 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 Right. What an amazing yeah. story. Yeah. yeah. Well, it ain't over yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no. It, transformation in the 
psilocybin experience. Yeah. I think that's that's amazing. Yeah, and and the uh, so the second day of this basically spiritual retreat, it was uh, MDMA, mm-hmm. which um, you know uh, has shown remarkable statistically phenomenal results for veterans with PTSD. That's what I Oh my God. I I could show you statistics. I could show you videos. It is life-changing. Now, for me, uh, the day before I had the uh, heroic dose, uh, you know, of uh, psilocybin and had my entire life, personality, outlook, understanding of myself, reality, God changed. So the soul. MDMA was just kind of like, oh, I love Whoa, everybody. I love right. everything. Yeah. I mean, I'd already been Smoke healed at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just in love with everything yeah. uh, at that point. And then uh, the third night was uh, THC. Like so, I'm gonna smoke less THC than a typical night, and this is supposed to be an experience for me. But uh, anyway, it was fine because I just needed the last day to honestly to unwind. Right. Um, yeah, and it was amazing. And and you know, one of the things that you know I felt like I had been lacking going in that journey was uh, more male friends. For whatever reason, my friends had always been female, and I wound up with this uh, just amazing roommate who has become, I mean, basically my best friend lately. Really? Uh, my best male friend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I did a second dose of uh, uh, psilocybin under his uh, trip-sitting care. <laughs> trip-sitting just, care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I just, I just met the most amazing people. Uh, I really, really did. Um, and yeah, since then, um, it has just been a, a spiritual roller coaster. You know, uh, so you guys know Timothy Leary, uh, LSD, tune in, tune in, drop out. Kind of don't like the guy. I kind of feel like he ruined everything for everybody. But he had a buddy uh, that doesn't get maybe as much press, at least not back then, Ram Das. And Ram Das, uh, yeah, he he did the psychedelics, but instead of just becoming the zealot for psychedelics, he really became. It just launched him on this amazing spiritual journey. And uh, there's a great Netflix documentary, by the way, about his final days. He had a stroke. Really? Yeah, yeah. And before his stroke, he wrote this book called "How Can I Help," because that was like his spiritual outlook on life, summarized in one question, one sentence: "How can I help? You know, how can I heal?" And uh, here he was in this stroke, totally debilitated in a wheelchair, like helpless, diaper probably. And he's like, well, if I could rewrite the book today, I'd call it How Can You Help Me? <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah, he just has this, uh, you know, philosophy of like, uh, we're all here to carry each other home. We're all here to help heal each other. So I kept thinking about him a lot after the journey because it was like that experience that I had of this just six-hour cup of tea, you know, right. uh, 50 years almost of depression and misery just lifted in an instant and still to this day gone. My God, when you get healed like that, all you want to do is, uh, you know, help everybody else. So, right. yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm Tell, feeling, feeling wrong, Doss. How can I help? Take me deeper into that. Tell me what to, uh, what's going on in your brain. That's that's a big statement to have oh. lose 50 years of depression <laughs> in a day because of... Yeah. Uh, uh, a drug. Yeah, yeah. It's a drug, you want to call it a drug, I, uh, because of something like that. Serious. Plant That's medicine, we call it. Never you know. drug, plant yeah. medicine. Yeah. Plant medicine. It's, it's deeply spiritual. Right, so the white man didn't discover it until 1955. And this right. is deep spiritual shit. Um, yeah, what? Oh, God, I wish I had That's brought. Deep, I, if, I, if I'd known that question was coming, I actually would have brought a visual aid. So the night after that, uh, this this lovely uh, woman um, asked me, as I'm in the midst of you know bliss, Ben, do you paint? I said, Well, I never have before, but that doesn't mean I can't. And so she led me over to this canvas, and it was blank. And I looked at it for like 30 seconds, like, Oh, I know I'm painting. And uh, it is uh, this kind of silhouette of a face, 
and uh, eyes and, you know, nose, a vague mouth. And all around it is this blue and purple, just chaos. All that chaos of life, you know, drama and money and, you know, pride and relationships. Blah, blah, blah. But uh, right here, where the brain is, I left it blank. And that's, I think, what it was. It was that discovery of that clear, Clearing. conscious, loving presence that's there all the time. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, do you guys know Eckhart Tolle, uh, Power of Now? Uh, it sounds familiar. Oh, okay. Anyway, now. yeah, yeah. He, he's now very famous. You know, Oprah, Oprah had him on, and okay. now he's like uh -oh. legendary in the whole, you know, whatever New Age uh, circuit and everything. But I met him back in the 90s. No, no kidding. kidding. Before he was famous, before he had an American book publisher, before Oprah and everything, oh. he came to this little church in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, a $5 suggested donation. Way better than you're going to do now with Eckhart Tolle. <laughs> but I met him, and I was just blown away by him. I saw his aura, and I don't believe in auras. I think it's bullshit, but I saw it, right? Right. And I met him, and I still have the autograph. And But his whole thing was like, we keep identifying with all these thoughts and all these feelings, and we think this is us, we think the body is us, but we completely misunderstand who we are. And what we really, really are at the deepest level is the awareness of all of it. Because that awareness is always there. It's always there. We're aware of our thoughts, we're aware of our minds, we're aware of our feelings, aware of our body. And if we can somehow identify with that awareness instead of all the just transitory chaos, there's peace. We're a crazy and, animal, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, I know. Oh, and man. as soon as, like, he explained it, as soon as I met him, I felt it, I understood it, I got it, I got it, I got it, but I didn't know it, right? I see. And when I came out of the psilocybin journey, when all the clouds of depression and everything were lifted, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what he's talking about, just like I always did. But now I feel it, now I know clarity. it, now I experience it. Yeah, and so even with all the craziness of the last, you know, a few months of my life, oh, my God, you know, it's been insane. I can always finally go back to that clear, present awareness right. and know that that's actually me. Right. Yeah, yeah. You just came in here today happy. <laughs> yeah. You just, you know, I'm having a great week. Yeah. While I, you were standing here, I the know, apartment I know. calls you it, and said and confirms whether you get an apartment. You're like, yeah. I don't get to go get my pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. get my dog. I know. You were so stoked when you came in. I'm like, yesterday, I got to talk with this guy. Yesterday, I lost uh, about $1.3 million. Oh, no. Course. Yeah. Don't care at all. Doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. It's another clearing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I've known uh, people of, with extraordinary wealth, and it seems to accompany misery, honestly. Sure. Honestly, it really does. Yeah. The most wealthy people I know have often been the most miserable. Right. I've seen the other way, too. Uh, of course, of but, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I get yeah, what you're yeah, saying. But, yeah, I think... Trade uh, your soul at the crossroads yeah, yeah. or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 one translation I heard from uh, the New Testament is, uh, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And right. I've seen all that. Kinds. Not all evil, but all kinds of right. evil. Yeah, yeah. Were you I raised religiously? No, not at all. Oh, oh no. my gosh, no, no. Uh, my parents, uh, my dad was Catholic, raised uh, altar boy and all that. My mom sure. was more disciples of Christ, liberal. But no, I mean, this was the 60s, man, before I was born. No, no, they were, yeah, they left they all that behind. So my on, my yeah. upbringing was more like, if you were to look at uh, the bookshelf in our library, it was uh, Shirley MacLaine, you know, and Reincarnation, sure. right. and Chakras, yeah. and uh, Carlos Castaneda, I'm probably mispronouncing that, with Messalin. So, yeah, here I am as a teenager looking through my mom's bookshelf, just devouring it sure. all. And I'm reading this psychedelic story of this uh, Indian peyote medicine. So I guess That's it was all cool. kind of buried deep That's in there. San Francisco. I love yeah, it. I, I, yeah. So maybe the story of the LSD and reading all those crazy books on the shelf, maybe it just planted some seed that, you know, later That's on exactly. when That's I needed. That's kind of what I was getting at yeah. a little bit. Did, yeah. you, did you, you think that was somewhere in you? Oh, yeah. 
you oh, know, yeah. and oh, just yeah. all of a sudden you would just got the okay to just let the uh, fuck go. It honestly, it, it's even more than that. Almost. It's more than that. It it's feels. Yeah. It feels like almost a script. It feels like a story. It what feels like my life has been this amazing story written by written some by crazy author else. named God or something. You know <laughs> what I mean? There's just too many I'm just no crazy turns. Yeah, yeah. It does feel like I'm just kind of watching right. this amazing story unfold, and I'm just grateful right. for it. Yeah, and one of the other things that changed after the uh, the cup of tea was was this. I was so type A, overachiever. I mean, think about it. Military officer. I, I went from a high school grad coming in enlisted to having a four master's degree at the end and built this, you know, business and da-da-da-da-da. And I mean, just constantly teaching after all this gold star and all this external achievement and everything. And it was all at the end just bullshit making me miserable. It's not what it's all about. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting journey, man. Yeah. You know. Does feel like I've been talking too damn much. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm trying not to guide this at all. Oh, okay. You know, uh, the, the yeah. name of the show is What's Next. Yeah, well, it's so funny. So, it's so funny. What's next, brother? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I what a, what a I, great I texted, time for you to fall into I this hole. I know. Man. I texted what my best friend about this this podcast thing, and she said, "Well, what it, what's it about?" And I said, "Well, I think it's pretty, you know, open to what we do, but the, it's called What Next? And she said, oh, my God, that's so perfect for you because that's the question I've been asking ever since is what next, what's next, what's next? I have a therapist. I've been saying that what's next, and he, just, he keeps telling me to relax and let it unfold. But it is uh, the journey because I'm in this weird place where suddenly I'm not married. My kids are essentially grown, essentially, you know, provided for through college. Uh, I don't need to work. I don't need to do anything so i have this this either empty plate or no plate at all and what's next has been actually the 100 percent question on my mind so what wonderful serendipity yeah 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 well i was telling you a little bit i was you know before the pandemic i was thinking what's next for the middle class yes. what's what's next for the blue collar you know we seem to be passing all the manufacturing across the seas and seem to be losing you know detroit's falling apart you know yeah, steel we industry the oil's gone you know what's yeah. next for us yeah. then the pandemic hit yeah holy cow that just opened up a whole new can of worms oh. you could go anywhere what's yeah. next yeah yeah you know um I, I was such a ferocious reader as a kid and i loved memorizing certain things especially for whatever opening lines of books so the opening line of the great gatsby goes like this in my younger and more vulnerable years my father gave to me a piece of advice that i've been turning over in my head ever since Whenever you feel like judging anyone, he said, just remember, not everybody has had the advantages that you've had. And uh, the reason I say that is because I have been a remarkably privileged person. I don't just mean financially. I mean intellectually sure. and yeah. the opportunities, the people I was exposed to. It's oh, a yeah. teenager. Right. Mind-blowing. Exactly. I mean, the people I've met in my life. Oh, my God. Right. Um, I've had opportunities most people don't have. Right. And that's an advantage in life. And so, yeah, I, I've thought a lot about, you know. But you don't yeah, take that for granted. Oh, I don't at I'm all. Glad, yeah, glad I feel like I owe. Right, right. I owe, yeah. And so that's what I think is unfortunate, especially having traveled all over this country through the military, living, you know, in places like Alabama where the schools are just shit. If you're poor, you got no fucking so chance, you know, I mean, crazy. unless you're really unique or you get some great opportunity, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is hard out there because not everybody gets you know, the advantages I had. And, you know, even raising my kids, you know, every time we moved to a new town in the military, the first question is, where's the good school districts? And when we couldn't find them, we put them in public school. And that's great for my kids, but most people don't have that opportunity. They're stuck with what they got. 
And, uh, you know, my parents never, you know, gave me a dime, but they didn't have to. Mm. I learned how to succeed by watching them, mm. by watching the people in the town I grew up with. You know, you grow right. up around that. You just watch the habits of success. I've never read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but I think that's the premise. You watch yeah. the habits of the rich dad, you just learn. And you right. have a poor dad, you just you follow those stupid patterns. Right. I mean, that's the way, right. unfortunately, humanity works. We pass on this garbage mm. or goodness to our kids, and it all just seems kind of random. Yeah, and, and the garbage that we yeah, gathered through our yeah. life, we pass it on with yeah. good, better, and different, I guess. Huh? Yeah, and I think you know what most people are just screaming out for is is healing. Uh, you know, emotional, physical, psychological, spiritual. That's what we all need. That's what the drug problem's all about. That's what yeah, a lot no of crime's idea, all about. It's you just, do have an idea. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I know, and and see. so let's let's make it really personal. Let's talk about right. my psilocybin journey that changed my life. That's I'll what tell you this. It was expensive. It was it was thousands of dollars. It was, I wanted to do it safe, safe, safe. And right. I wanted a psychologist. I wanted this. I wanted that. I wanted my, you know, first class, you know, rich boy, psychedelic shaman experience, right? Because yeah. that's safe. And when you're talking about this stuff, safety matters, right? right. You want your kids at a safe school. You're putting your mind in somebody else's hands. You want safety. there that knows what they're exactly. doing Exactly. If I'm I flip out... I want a psychologist exactly. there. I do. Right. And I want them to have an insurance right. and a lawyer. And yeah, I want them to be worried about me. I want them to be worried I'm going to sue them or whatever. You know what I mean? Because right. it's serious. Oh, this one, this one needs to write it out. It's serious corner. business. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, you never know when somebody has some undiagnosed medical condition that's going to whatever. You know, right. right? Well, you hear, you hear about people sure. going down over across, you know, and yeah. going down and seeing a shaman. And, yeah. You know, and people the, have died doing that. Have they? Yeah, I, not often. I don't yeah. mean to exaggerate it, but I, you know, ayahuasca, you know, is a dicey. Sure. And if something goes wrong, how are the hospitals and how far away and how are you getting? Yeah, you right. know what I mean? Right. Right. So anyway, yeah. So in, in the people who went there, again, I would never disclose any identities, but I'll tell you, they were smart and they were successful and they were lawyers and they were IT and they were all the, you know, okay. sort of rich white people right. you might expect to yeah, exactly. have that money laying That's around for their around. healing. And so, yeah, one of the things that I was thinking about afterwards was... Well, yeah, what about the people who need healing a lot more than me and they can't get it? Mm-hmm. They don't have the, the research, the know-how, the whatever, to go down this rabbit hole mm-hmm. I went down. I mean, I went down a serious research rabbit hole to find this stuff. Right. Um, I think and, you're the kind of person that would. I think there's a lot yeah. of people that won't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they Just stop at the Prozac and go, oh, well, my dick doesn't work now, but I feel exactly. happier, so whatever. Yeah, and, and that's right, this, that right. they're willing to live with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah, so, so I guess... to search yeah. and find that And clear. so... You know, kind of like I was talking about Afghanistan earlier about how, hey, I don't feel bad for the Americans because at least we have access to help. It's kind of like that. They're really, really poor, like worse than our poor. They have no access to help. And but, you know, talking more locally about people in America, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of healing to be had, but uh, the poor just don't have access to it. Um, It's changing. It's changing. You know, one of the things that's uh, been really interesting um, coming from Utah, that's where I came from a few months ago to here. Uh, has What's been going on in Utah. Uh, I mean, it is beautiful <laughs> and it's changing and it's it's wonderful. And uh, yeah, I have a lot of love for it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, the whole, you know, whatever Mormon cookie cutter thing. I don't think that's <laughs> healthy. But anyway, coming to California, it has been remarkable to me uh, how many people I'm running across who are into all the same stuff I'm into. Now, part of that maybe is I'm seeking them out. Maybe the universe is bringing them to me. Maybe I just give off the sort of vibe maybe, that people right. want to talk about mushrooms because, right. well, you know. I, I know, I know, but it's been remarkable. And so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've turned on my friends to the healing of this. I, uh, 
you know, there's churches and, you know, places like Oakland where you can access it so affordably and readily. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. Uh, Santa Cruz is decriminalized. Uh, I understand there's like legislation at the California level to legalize psychedelics. And uh, yeah, so I think it's good that this access to the medicine is going to be really readily available uh, to produce, you know, especially the mushrooms is, I mean, it's almost nothing. I could, you know, easily produce enough for the whole country of California or state of California uh, pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the worry is that, uh, you know, maybe the the pharmaceuticals will come in and they'll become, because think about it, think about it. uh, I can produce mushrooms for somebody for basically nothing i can give them one dose and theoretically they're cured it's a lot more affordable to give them ssris every day for the next 10 years and charge the insurance companies right. and everything or they'll end up making a synthetic blend of yeah it. yeah and and that's honestly uh kind of maybe one of the the most serious worries uh so the white man discovered uh psilocybin in 1955 it was this i think uh stockbroker was really interested in fungi and as a you know lark he went down to south america because that's where it gets interesting and he was introduced to these mushrooms he came back he talked to life magazine and they termed the they coined the term magic mushrooms it's on the cover of life magazine 1955 i think okay and uh yeah and then of course you know the 60s it got all political vietnam and everything and it got schedule one and no research was done until you know last 10 15 years now the research is being restarted and it's just fantastic just fantastic but uh, what's interesting, and where I was starting to go with that, was back in 1955, that man who brought it to America, the woman who introduced him to it, she was shunned. And she was so ashamed and so regretful she'd introduced it to the white man. Really? Because yeah. we've disrespected it. And honestly, if I look back at the 60s and the way we treated psychedelics back then, I, I can understand that perspective. I really can. And what's amazing is we seem to be on the cusp of second uh, psychedelic revolution where we are approaching it with respect and not as a fun toy. And I'm not against fun. Go have divine fun. That's great. Uh, wonderful. I'm not knocking that, but that's not the real value to me. The real value to me is the spiritual part, the healing part, that you know, emotional part. Because, I mean, if talk therapy helps somebody, wonderful. If these SSRIs help somebody, wonderful. But there's a lot of people out like, like me, who just aren't finding help from the traditional ways. Mm-hmm. But these plant medicines that have been, you know, healing human beings for, you know, centuries, thousands of years. years. Yeah, I mean, there is really something deep to this. I mean, you know, the Aztecs uh, obviously have, you know, deep roots in this. Uh, <laughs> I'm reading a book right now called The uh, Immortality Key, looking at, uh, like, the Greek, uh, you know, Dionysus, born of a virgin, uh, resurrected, all that stuff, Echoes of Jesus, right? And, uh, yeah, there there was a lot of looks at this, uh, at psychedelics maybe being a piece of that. And, uh, you know, obviously pure speculation, but looking... you hear a lot of different things like that, where they're starting to uncover, like, you know what, maybe... But I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this, and, oh, here we we can go to DMT now. I'll tell you this, there is something profoundly spiritual uh, about this plant medicine. I did not go looking for spirituality. I went looking for a cure for my depression, plain and simple. That's all I wanted. But what I found wasn't just the psychological relief. It was spiritual revelation and realizing, oh, those are the same thing, maybe. Spiritual relief, psychological, it's the same thing. Maybe the body relief is the same thing. All the healing is all interconnected somehow, right? right? That's what it seems. So um, I've never taken DMT, but I love to talk about it. I'm fascinated by it. I brought it up one time at a cigar bar, and the guy next to me said, oh, I have some in my pocket right now. I'm like, oh, do you have some to spare? Like, no, no, now's not the time. But it's fascinating. So so let me talk about DMT. We, We can talk about Mike Tyson. But here is what's so interesting to me about DMT. 
Um, it is, uh, I think, synthetically produced uh, as we take it, uh, smoked usually three times. But here's what's interesting. Uh, where else is it produced? Three places in the human it's body. Here, yes. Um, not your... Yes, yes, yeah, uh, is in the pituitary gland and the lungs and the gut. How interesting. And, and there's no, you know, scientific uh, certainty on this and plenty of opinions, but how interesting that this psychedelic is produced in our body, including in the brain. And uh, from what I'm told... being a drug manufacturer, my I know, friend. I know, I'm, I'm carrying. Uh, <laughs> what's so interesting to me, not having done it myself, but... As a keen observer, it, it just sounds like it sounds like a near-death experience. It sounds like a death experience, frankly. It sounds like the stripping away of all of your identity and all that you are over the course of 15 minutes. Yeah. And so it seems like it seems like that death you experience under DMT is death. And so perhaps what happens when you die is the release of the DMT in your body. Now, some would say there's not enough to have an effect, but, uh, you know, uh, when my father died four years ago, I wasn't there, but the first thing I asked when I, I got home was, tell me about the moment, tell me about the exact moment he died, because he was conscious, and it sounded like the way they described it, almost like a, a psychedelic experience. He was just looking up, like, oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know that feeling. I felt yeah. that feeling. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, it's God. It's God. Yeah. Right. And that yeah. seemed to be the experience he had at his death. And I can't help but wonder if that DMT somehow gets in your stream and you have your psychedelic experience. So maybe all of the religious experiences of life, you know, I mean, you can read William James, Wrighty, religious experience, all that. Maybe all of that to some degree is a psychedelic experience. And maybe it's through the DMT in your body. Maybe it's through uh, breathing. Uh, there's all sorts of uh, like holotropic breathing that can bring it out, psychedelic experiences, meditation, yoga. Some people will go, uh, you know, decades looking for a kundalini awakening. Other people just have it land in their lap. <laughs> like me. Crazy, right? You know, yeah. And so I think all of this experience of religiosity, spirituality, I think it's all kind of the same place. Well, I when know. I listened to that um, Mike Tyson one, he said that he literally, he thought that he maybe got too much and he was dying. Yeah. He was dying. That's he what it he, is. He was like, ah, bring me back. Me, you know, he actually thought he was on the edge of death. Yeah. That's what and you're then, supposed to feel. And then it just, you know. Yeah. Other people have said yeah. that too. It's like, yeah. wow, that's intense. And you just get jerked out of this. Yeah, and so uh, the book I mentioned, The Immortality Key, uh, you know, you can look up some YouTube videos if you just want to see the gist of it, but basically, basically they're saying the key to life is to die before you die. And so DMT, perhaps, is a way to die before you die. Um, And so psilocybin for, for me was, you know, the cure for depression, and it was a new spiritual path for other people. I mean, like at Oxford, they've used it to, like, you know, stop smoking, or, uh, you know, other addictions. Uh, Bill W., who founded AA, wanted to bring LSD into the 12-step program. Obviously, he was outvoted. But, I mean, that's the kind of therapeutic value they found in uh, these psychedelics that uh, the world is so dead set on keeping illegal. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, the people have spoken. I mean, California seems to have been spoken, certainly in cities, uh, Oregon, uh, Denver, and... Uh, it's I don't a know. slow change. It's uh, you know, it's yeah. I, I never understood how like a, something like marijuana could be yeah. worse than heroin yeah. in their eyes. It's an absurdity. Yeah, it's politics. How is that? You know, yeah. it, it, that just shines yeah. a light on yeah. what you know. Yeah. Some bullshit yeah. politics going on. Yeah, yeah, and you some know, money grabbing. There was some <laughs> kind of some uh, kind of cover. Some kind of this was going bad. Move yeah. the industry. Yeah, yeah it's all. 
It always uh, comes back to money to me. Uh, you know, marijuana is uh, extraordinarily affordable. You can grow it yourself, and it's a threat to the opioids and many other you know substances, just like mushrooms is a threat to the SSRIs. Money, money, money. I mean, as sad as it is, that's what makes this world work. You know. Yeah, but I think with all the you know the veterans that we have yes. with PTSD, mm-hmm. I feel like you know it might become a I, I think you're spot on, and, and I've said that so many times. I think what's going to make these psychedelics move so quickly into legalization is people like me, because when they see that you can give a vet with from Iraq with PTSD, MDMA, walk them through four hours of therapy and cure them, you'd be a monster to deny that. A monster. The VA is already so behind yeah. and tied up as yeah. it is, you know. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. I, I just just, just today like I got a dermatology <laughs> appointment. It's uh, via a video, yeah. and it's in four months. Yeah. Like God forbid, I have skin cancer, Jesus. And right. I don't know how you see the how my moles are like protruding on a you know camera, right. but whatever. Yeah, I mean that's the world we're in. And I'll tell you, as somebody, uh, you know, because I have no secrets, as somebody who's been inside a VA uh, psych ward, a week in there will make you crazy if you're not crazy already. I mean, it's right. not healing. It's not therapeutic. Um, and we need it's to just... the opposite. Yeah, it is the opposite. Around, it is the opposite. Right. Yeah. You're yeah. around yeah. that kind of energy. Yeah, yeah exactly. hundred times yeah. fold. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. basically like confining, voluntarily confining yourself to prison if right. uh, you go there. Right. Yeah, and, and no disrespect to you know the folks who work there. We're all sure. kind of victims of the rules yeah, of right. you know our world and our suit. You know, is that a crazy different thing. level of insanity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. But uh, you know, I don't know. I I feel uh, optimistic. Uh, I think um, the marijuana took a long, long time to legalize, but it's moving so so quickly with uh, with the mushrooms and the psychedelics, and uh, even in Utah, there's a, a church called the Divine Assembly in Salt Lake City. It was established by a lawyer and former state congressman, a former Mormon, and he was on uh, the state legislator, and uh, I guess he had some kind of spiritual experience, and now he's got a mushroom church. And uh, you know, how wonderful that you know he's, he's a lawyer, and hopefully that can you know, provide some freedom of religion protection for what I think is a really legitimate spiritual path. Yeah. So even in Utah, even in Utah. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. There's, Utah, a, there's a wonderful uh, uh, podcast uh, called uh, Mormons on Mushrooms, which is all about Mormons who have here. left the church That's and found a spiritual funny. path uh, in sacred plants. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even in Utah. And, uh, you know, uh, medical marijuana is legal in uh, Utah now uh, against the wishes of the church there. That's how powerful the people's voice was there. So eh. I've worked on quite a few Mormons here. Yeah, yeah. Actually, but my last employee was a Mormon family. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. I was in Utah when I was in high school. Oh, oh yeah. Got in trouble, did, you, did you feel like an outsider there? Or, well, uh, I was an outsider <laughs> because it was, it was like a uh, reform school. So it's out in the okay. middle of nowhere. And ah. My mom took me, you know got me out of here because I just, you know, I wasn't going to school and I was partying and stuff. And I was in this little farm in Kusharam, Utah, and it's all the degenerate kids from all across the the nation. And uh, it was a good experience. I mean, I learned a lot. I think it might have corrupted me a little bit. (laughs) It always does. It's like prison is grad school for criminals, right? (laughs) So when you're, you know, we started selling cigarettes and I, I brought weed in when I first got there, you know, so oh. you go on these levels, if you, if you do well, you go to like level four, and if you mess up, you drop down to level one, and you mm. go to like isolation, Oh, so they take yeah. you out to, it's almost like, yeah, they take you out literally out in the middle of the wilderness, and 
everybody camps out, and at night, all you can just see is like all the people that got in trouble. You see the little, the little distant. So all the employees were Mormon. Oh, great! So do they do they try to kind of push their views on you, or are they pretty hands off about that sort of thing? They didn't push the Mormon views, but okay. um, we did attend alcoholic, you know, we did AA classes, and, and I finished uh, high school yeah, there. Yeah. Um, you know, worked on mm. the farm, you know, they had stables nice. and things like that, so, huh. I mean, it was kind of fun, and when we had... It's an uh, adventure. We're just saying, like, they'd take you out in the woods and, like, don't let your fire go out. I know. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh! Fire like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. But, I mean, Coyotes you know to survive in the wilderness, you know, off flower yeah. and water. <laughs> so clearly you're not a degenerate anymore. Oh, uh, no. What what was Maybe your healing path? <laughs> um, my healing path, I think, was my probably my second DUI. And Steve and I talked ah, about this. Nice. Um, and the disappointment in my mom's face. Mm. You know, mm. it's just like, oh, oh, yeah. it kind of like cuts like a knife. Yeah. You know, I'm Filipino. Uh-huh. And um, it's just been me and my mom. That, that. That uh, look on her face. It's yeah. like, how many times is my daughter going to go through this uh-huh. shit? Yeah. Um, and after that, you know, you can't drive for a year. You know, your freedom's gone. Yeah, it's humiliating about it's Yeah, yeah, humbling, humbling. Very yeah. humbling. Mm-hmm. And, um, ankle strap. And what's that? Ankle strap and yeah, whole thing. Yeah, I was like, oh, house arrest right. for 40 days. Damn. My mom would take me to microbiology because yeah. I was taking my prerequisites for nursing. So she would drop me off. I'd have an ankle bracelet on. I'd have to be back before nine o'clock. Wow, <laughs> that's rough. You know, but I, hey, I'm I, a nurse now. I did it, bitches. Oh, <laughs> nice. I, I've never had a DUI, but it's possible I deserved a few. Who knows? Um, <laughs> oh, but you're a nurse now. That's fantastic. I am. Oh, what, no, what kind of nursing? I work in uh, acute rehab. So oh. I'm a charge nurse. Okay. My ex, uh, my ex uh, is a nurse. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It's been, uh, yeah, it's been quite a journey for her. Well, it's probably been a uh, fun ride no. the last last year and a half, yeah. right? Yeah, it's it. We're we're tired. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. know. You know, speaking for a lot of my friends in yeah. in nursing, we're we're yeah. tired. Yeah, sure. Just just you know, a long couple of years. It's been a long Stressful. year and a half, you know, and and um, it's very very scary. I didn't work directly with COVID patients. Yeah. Um, but I it's always there impacting you. It's always you. Yeah. there and it's a trickle down effect. Sure. Um, so it, it was just, it was really difficult emotionally, staffing wise. Mm-hmm. It affects your family. It affects, you know, your, you know, your, your social life and everything. You can't, I couldn't see my mom, you know. Yeah. And yeah. For, for a long while and staffing was fucked mm. up and, mm. and, you know, you're always, you know, you're wearing all your protective gear. All yeah. day long. Get, oh, like, yeah. Mask knee. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. And even now, like, we're really burnt out. Mm. So, m- day, may I ask, out. what next? What's next? <laughs> I don't, you know, oh, you, you, you're going you're gonna to keep plugging away at nursing for uh, years ahead? or? Well, uh, Steve, I've, been, I've been throwing it out to Steve, like, we need some assets, you know, we need we need to have that, that income, you know, that income that we don't have to work Oh, passive so, income, passive yeah, real estate income. shit, man. So... I've tried real estate. I, oh, I, not in fucking California. This place is crazy. No, no in, in Michigan, I had oh, yeah, some yeah. four families. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, that's dicey too. too. It, it's it's a complicated game. It's a complicated I game. I, for for people who don't want to do the work, though, I mean, you know, it's it's a patience game with index funds for most people. Oh, but you got to start young. So, yeah. Right. yeah. So what's next, brother? 
That's a damn good question. So, um, yeah, you know, time I, to ask that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So know, I it may just be a little too soon to eat what's next. You know, yeah. And I, I was, chill. I was, I was talking with that question uh, months ago with my therapist. Oh, what's next? I got to figure it out. I got to figure it out. I got to control yeah. it. And he's like, No, this is the work right now, man. Your healing is the work right, right. now. But uh, no, uh, what I feel is that uh, you know I've got a lot of gifts, right? I've got to lift gift of all this time, mm. all this energy, all this, you know, extrovertism, you know, reading, writing, whatever skills I might have picked right. up in the military leadership, who knows. And I feel like all of it's kind of eventually going to lead up to something. I don't know if that's writing or talking or uh, being a therapist of some kind, right. who the hell knows. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, uh, after ex- maybe podcasting, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I do have a face no, made for podcasting. <laughs> yeah. But uh, for me, the most extraordinary physical, mental, spiritual, emotional experience in my life was that that psychedelic journey I had. So whatever I do, whatever I do has to be somehow related to that. Because it's kind of like, you know, somebody hands you a treasure and it means the world to you. All you want to do is hand it to somebody else. Right. And I'm not suggesting it's for everybody. I mean, this yeah. is a serious well, that's interesting. entry right. path. But for people like me who've tried everything and nothing worked, it might actually be the thing that saves right. your fucking life. Right. Right. And I'm all about And you're so lives. smart and well-spoken, you may be able to take it to the people. Yeah, you know? I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You need people like Yeah, you. I mean, yeah, and I've thought about, you know, uh, could I be, you know, maybe an advocate for it? I mean, you know, coming, you know, as a, a veteran, who I've got pictures with, you know, George Bush, Rumsfeld oh, right. and shit. You know? Oh, exactly. exactly. <laughs> that, that gives you cred, right. you know, especially, right. you know, with some of my background. But, yeah, so maybe it's advocacy. Maybe it's speaking. Maybe it's just one-on-one right. working with people who are journeying through it. I don't know, but... Uh, I'm going to quote my uh, my spirit animal uh, MCA of the Beastie Boys. Uh, he, uh, oh God, he's so fucking cool. Oh my God! After he, well, well, and that's the, that's what I love about MCA is like, yeah, you know, he yeah was a you know whatever sexist clown the first couple albums, but then he converted to Buddhism and he's like became one of the most amazing spiritual creative fuckers in the world. Still good music. Oh, I love it, love it. Yeah, Paul's boutique, man. Damn. But uh, anyway, ill communication on vinyl. Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I was in. Uh, God, I was in fucking Uzbekistan or some shit when he died. Yeah, I still. Have, yeah. Anyway, almost ten years next year. Um, but he has a line. He has a line. I love all his lines. But he has this one line called "There is no other worthy quest." There is no other worthy quest. And after having this experience of drinking this tea, being healed of all of this, and as far as I'm concerned, seeing God, I don't know what other worthy quest there is. So I, I, it needs to be down this road. But just to have that quote in your head. There is no other worthy quest. You were ready for I got quotes all over the place, man. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Oh, I, I could... I could do the whole, uh, you know, Prince's uh, Let's Go Crazy. Dearly beloved. So you, uh, back up, how did we get to a million dollars? Did you have like a company while you were in the service? So, uh, so I, I was in uh, the military and uh, uh, that was what I was doing. And I was putting money into index funds because that's the oh, lazy way to get rich, right? Okay. And then after the crash of 08, there was a lot. Of, there was some stuff in California going for a quarter million that was suddenly sixty, seventy, and you know, respect to my brother, uh, he he discovered some some cheap uh, stuff, really? and right I had the cash and cashed out of nice. some index funds and bought it. And then once I saw, you know, how easy it was to make money on the real estate, you know, every time I moved, I'd buy a house, I'd rent it, I'd buy a house, rent it, and okay. uh, yeah, yeah, and. You know, it's so funny uh, because I was doing all of this on my own and I realized there's actually all these communities out there that are doing exactly what I was doing. I just didn't know about them. So like there's the FIRE community, uh, Financial Independence Retire Early, which is all about that, you know, uh, frugal living and then throwing all your money into index funds. 
because mathematically that's just how you get rich over right. time, right? right. And you're like, oh yeah, that's what I was doing. I didn't right. know there was people who already figured that out. Oh well. And then uh, you know, uh, Bigger Pockets is another great podcast uh, where they talk about the real estate side of it. So yeah, between the uh, the index investing, which is so easy and everybody should do, very young, mm-hmm. young, 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 young. Right. And then the real estate stuff. If you're if you're up for that, and if you're up for the risk and the research, because it is a hell of a lot more work than the index funds. But sure. yeah, those are kind of two paths. So yeah, while I was uh, in the military, earning the pension and everything, um, yeah, just uh, found the the right people to manage the properties and keep it going right. while I didn't have to worry about it and it just grew and grew and grew without you really having to take yeah yes it's such a lazy lazy way to make money yeah i mean obviously it can go wrong you know know, i I had a house people to do it yeah yeah and you know shit goes wrong i had a place in salinas that literally burned down the tenants burned it down but you know what you just uh look at it glass half full okay i can rebuild it and put in granite countertops and now it's the best place there oh exactly you know right yeah yeah Yeah. And, and, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, I think the whole back to the whole rich dad, poor dad thing, you just you you see how people get rich when you Mm -hmm. grow up around rich people. And if you grow up around poor people, you just see how people get poor. Um, It's like, uh, you know, imagine a a mom who, uh, you know, gets pregnant out of wedlock as a teenager, has a kid. You know, their kid gets pregnant out of wedlock. It's cycles of poverty, It's cycles of ignorance. It's just it's tragic. It's tragic. And so, yeah, I mean, if there's ways that, you know, people who, you know, have those skills and everything and somehow reach those kids in an impressionable age and show them this is how you succeed. This is how you be happy. This is how you be healthy. And, you know, not that, you know, wealth equals healthy and happiness, but, you know, there's habits for all these things. There's habits of wealth. There's habits of happiness. There's habits of, you know, all these things. And some people, you know, get exposed to that early on and embrace it. Other people just don't even ever get exposed to it and they don't know there's better ways to live there's mm. ways to get healed and all that shit hmm. you gotta bring it to him man yeah yeah I'm gonna, be, uh, I'm gonna be surfer <laughs> Jesus I do have the look <laughs> you got the look <laughs> well, every, every place you visit now that you're here in California you yeah. just might encounter somebody and just might oh, yeah. you know like yeah. touch you know touch their life and, and make a difference yeah yeah it, it, I think that's how it'll happen yeah <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, my uh, the Live Well podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my man, uh, my man Eckhart Tolle, that's how that's how he began. So he had his uh, kind of uh, epiphany uh, in a similar way to me, not mushrooms, but uh, in a deep, deep existential suicidal angst. You know, this thought, I can't live with myself anymore. I can't live with myself anymore. Somehow that was his awakening was that deep, deep angst. And then uh, from there on, he was in bliss. And he said he spent the first year after that experience sitting on the park bench, just staring at the beauty of life in perfect bliss. Nice. And, uh, you know, to the outside, you know, he just quit his job in academia and he's a bum. But people notice, this guy has something I want, right? You know, there, there's just peace. something attractive about peace. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not pretending peace I'm at that level. Mind. I'm not. I'm, no, no, right. You know, but, uh, the, you know it's funny. Yeah. I was thinking that when you were talking about, it's like, I'm so far from, you know, being yeah. at peace with life and the world. I yeah. have no business talking about it. Yeah, you know. but but I'm sure there's moments where you, you've sensed it and you've felt it. And, right. uh, you know, the key is, I think, trying to hold on to that, you right. know, and it's not It's a constant it. journey. journey. It is, Lifelong it is. journey. You're never going to yeah. be the end of it. You yeah. You feel like you're there. Yeah, you know, uh, one one really personal experience. So after uh, the uh, uh, psilocybin transformation right. stuff, uh, I was just in this perfect state of bliss and love. I was just in love with the world. And I, I came home and uh, unfortunately, uh, this reality of, you know, oh, wow, I can't be with my wife anymore just hit us like a ton of bricks. It was just palpable, obvious, you know. Right. 
And it, I lost it. I lost my peace. Believe me. Sure. I mean, I was just in the throes of like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And my, my biggest tragedy at that moment was like, I lost my peace of mind. Shit. The thing I valued more than anything, I lost it. But you know what? I went to bed and I woke up the next morning like, oh, there it is. There it is again. Yeah. And so like, no matter how, you know, angry or, you know, you know how suicidal, to to whatever, you know, anybody might be feeling. I mean, there really is that core identity of just uh, that still peaceful, loving, you know, God place inside mm. of all of us, I think. Right. That's yeah. killer. Yeah. Well said. Deep. <laughs> Deep, man. <laughs> Oh, that's some pretty deep conversation for uh, somebody I met uh, five hours ago and uh, two hours ago, whatever it was. <laughs> oh, we've been talking that long? I don't think so. Maybe like Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I kind of like this podcast idea because, uh, man, I, uh, I could just talk all fucking day. Well, you know what? As you, you know, this place is always open to you, you know. I mean, obviously, you can't be talking here while I'm doing massages, but if you want to <laughs> come in afterwards and I'm not doing a podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. you want to bring somebody in sure. and talk to them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Start your yeah, yeah. own thing. One of my, uh, Maybe that's another purge. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of my uh, my dearest uh, friends yeah. in the world, known her over 30 years, I, uh, I tease her, I call her the collector of interesting people. That's you know, great. because I, I, I never really honestly cared that much about people. I was always about going off and accomplishing and conquering and everything, you know, whatever, male ego shit. And I never really cared that much about relationships. And then after, like, I got out of the military, I looked at him like, oh, my God, I've been doing it wrong. You've been establishing all these wonderful friends, all these wonderful relationships. And I've been, you know, just ignoring all that shit. Right. And so, uh, yeah, I kind of like I, I admire her so much for being a collector of interesting people. I feel like, yeah, that's what I want to do now. I want to collect interesting people. And I swear to God, I've been in Monterey just uh, a few weeks, and I'm finding them all over the damn place. They're, they're just great. Like the advice booth folks on the uh, farmer's market. Vanessa and Dwight That's putting funny. out a shout-out. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, and just uh, yeah, all kinds of interesting people I'm meeting around here. Eh, like today. Nice. Yeah, groovy. Great energy, man. Yeah. How long have we been? Two hours? I don't know. I yeah. Don't i got to so. get you back again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I tell you, you should stick you with this. you got to talk about Oh, I got, yeah, honestly, I I, even, okay, we haven't even talked about dating, we haven't even talked about, I know, yeah. there were so many other things, you know, that's the thing about being Healing, a massage man. therapist, you yeah. know, and, you it's know. like a bartender, exactly, <laughs> bartender, like therapist, massage, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, oh, not, not for dude, man, I don't talk to my barber, no, no, no. So, well, I mean, not that I have one, obviously, but I mean, if I had a barber, I'd, I'd probably talk to my barber, I would, I would probably talk to my barber. Well, about a month ago, I drove across the country with a buddy of mine, and we mm. went to North Carolina. Yeah. And one of my favorite things to do is just get out of the car and just start shooting the shit with somebody that I yeah. will never see again in my life. Yeah, yeah. See what kind of connection. Yeah. You know, I'm filling up the motorcycle <laughs> tank at the gas station. Somebody come walking up to me. Hey, you know what? I just shoot the shit with them for yeah. 20 minutes. Oh, hell yeah. Right off thinking, I'm, you know, yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah. I, had, I, I met a, a Tesla shaman uh, a couple months ago told me to guard my heart and shit i mean people are always finding me wherever i go yeah yeah it's amazing it's, what's that oh anyway <laughs> I, I i was trying to charge my damn car and it wouldn't work i've never had this problem you before. got a new tesla yeah 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 it was i uh, forgot to mention that yeah cool yeah well, it was part that? of my like uh you know starting a he's new life i'm done being frugal <laughs> no you know he's just relaxing it's, i don't have any stress anymore my car drives itself <laughs> yeah i know I'm, I'm all about reducing stress and i, yes, I it, it reduces my stress to not have to like stress about it's traffic great. it does it does yeah. get a silver one to blend in uh, yeah, it's gray. Yeah, gray it with black yeah, tires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and uh, you know, it's not a, a pretentious thing. I actually think it's a work of art. It's minimalist. I mean, sit in the uh, Model Y or Model 3 and look at the dash. 
It's just so beautiful. It's there's a point where engineering becomes art. You know, Steve Jobs got it, and Elon Musk gets it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to offend people because people don't like the tech folks, but you know, they're all interesting. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. They brought us to where we are, man. You know. And, yeah. And honestly, I think uh, you know we're at we're at a stage in this world where we need some shortcuts, and I think technology is going to have some shortcuts. It's going to help too. us. You know, whether it's desalinization or what. And, you know, one of the things people have always bashed psychedelics for is because it's a shortcut to meditation and yoga and everything. But we need a shortcut right now. We're in just a dire place uh, environmentally and politically and in terms of just people being in fucking pain. Mm. And I feel like, you know, yeah, if we can get creative and find solutions, whether they're technological or biological or whatever, let's uh, let's all heal. You know, I think people are over it. Yeah. They're homeless populations it. going through the roof. Yeah. Homeless people. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere encampments and it's. That's it's a whole, a, that's a very layered problem down the list, though. Well, it's a lot of my what's next for society because there's right. just, you know, the, the, yeah. the homelessness and the yeah, yeah. despair. Oh, and the way we're all just and, uh, at each other's throats. I mean, you know, think about January 6th and all that. Just, ugh, yeah. Just driving down the road. Yeah. Just yeah. really did. We all, we all got to be a lot kinder to each other. We, do, <laughs> we need to be a little kinder. Yeah. For sure. Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It starts with driving for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's why if everybody can just give up control of their cars, (laughs) everybody gets a Tesla. Give it up control. (laughs) Yeah, you know the next guy might win the presidency if he runs on that. It's not going to be good for the debt or deficit. But (laughs) what what was the statistic I heard? Something about oh. Was it the money that we spent on oil or something? I forget what it was. Fucking Afghanistan. (laughs) Could have bought everybody in America a Tesla. I know, man. I know. You know? Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, shit. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, maybe it was the war. How much we've spent on oil, oil war-based wars. Good God. God, I mean, honestly, maybe that's your next topic, war. What is it good for, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Say it again. Say it again. (laughs) 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 That might be a good closer. (laughs) Well, even, yeah, I saw you, even if you didn't hit record by accident and none of this got recorded, that was a fun conversation. It may not be. (laughs) We don't know. It may not be. Your microphone's not even on, so I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm sure it is. Yeah. yeah. Well. The, now the camera might be off, but we still have the video. Oh, yeah. We still have right. the um, audio. It's off. Yeah, I think we lost it. <laughs> yeah. Next time we'll have to plug it in or whatever. Yeah. yeah. We couldn't find the. We'll get them all tied in, yeah, yeah, and then that yeah, last couple yeah. few minutes, and then yeah. just hang out. Yeah, I'm it, a little it, tired, so I'm like, you guys yeah. have conversations really fast, so I, I, I'm kind of yeah. tired. So. Maybe maybe next time we can have an after hours and smoke weed. Uh, you know, Elon Musk smoked weed on a podcast. He did. It I worked saw out it. for him. It was good publicity, though. Yeah. So I was in the Bill Air Clinton. Force at that time, and they're, no kidding, doing a contract uh, with us, uh, GPS. They were launching a satellite. We let them launch GPS because we have a lot of spares, and we don't trust them with anything else because they're too wild, and they don't do our fucking paperwork. Right, I'm, right. Sorry. Uh, I'm not speaking on behalf of the government here, sorry. Um, anyway, so yeah, and like, so when he smoked weed on that podcast, everybody's like, well, fuck, he's got a security clearance because he's doing business with the Air Force. What do we do? And at the end of the day, I think the answer was, well, you know what? He's Elon Musk. Just let him smoke weed on the podcast. Yeah, he's, he's, his, phone, his phone was blowing up while he was doing it. All everybody he knew was yes, like, what are you yes, doing? He has, right? he has what we like to call fuck you money. Oh, <laughs> like the yeah, South Park guys. 10. Right. Oh, that's oh, fantastic. It, I, I saw a video, and they said he was... 
Oh, on SNL, he posted it, and he's like, hey, I'm the first guy to host SNL who has Asperger's. Well, at least the first one to admit it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. no, he obviously has Asperger's. Here, uh, one, one little Elon thing, just because uh, when I was at War College, I wrote my strategic uh, leader paper on him. So he was uh, married the first time, and... Uh, he had six kids, right? One died? No. No, 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 I hadn't heard that. No, I think he just has that one with a weird name. No, no, he doesn't. He, he, I don't recall. Um, but anyway, he, he, was, he was giving his uh, um, wife uh, some advice on how she could, you know, improve herself and, you know, whatever, be a better wife and stuff. And, you know, some women don't like to hear that. And so she said, you can't talk to me like that. I'm your wife, not your employee. And he said, I know, because if you were my employee, I'd fire you. Ooh. They got divorced, and he lost a lot of fucking money over Whoops. that joke. I hope it was worth it. <laughs> oh, ouch. Yeah, I, I was a little classier than that in my divorce, but yeah. not much. Well, you know, water <laughs> under the dam. Yeah. Well, well some, my friend, we're going to call yeah. this a day. Um, and uh, hope it gets you back here in a few months and yeah. do this all over again. Blast. Yeah, I don't know where you're uh, going to be uh, hosting this or anything, but it sounds like a damn hoot. I want to keep track of where you're at, man. Awesome. I'm fired up for couple, you. I think, right? Yeah, yeah cool. we've right. Done a couple. Groovy. Just shooting the shit. Yeah. Just this test, you know. That's what it's all about. Putting it down yeah. and yeah. making sure. And I've listened to a fair equipment. I've listened to a fair number of podcasts, and uh, yeah, I think uh, I think this was pretty damn good. Yeah, you know, I always wanted to start a talk show host like Johnny Carson, but just have normal people come on, like the mailman and the grocer and the masseuse right. and shit, right. you know, because they're probably more interesting if you really dig. I think so. Well, you know, in Monterey, I run I run into. Big business owners, you oh, know, yeah. big uh, head of industries, and Titans, you know, yeah, all man. different things, you know, yeah. uh, you know, head of military, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, just but all kinds of super you interesting. Talk to them. I mean, yeah, you, what? Yeah, there's a privacy thing. It's like I'm a nurse too, and it's like, oh, a lot of stuff, a bunch of stuff that I'd love to talk about. Right. That's the nice thing about me and me. I can talk freely. I don't answer to anyone. No boss. Right. No woman. Nothing, man. Right. I'm a free bird. But if they're, you know, like a, say, like you say, a hospice nurse or if it's, yeah. you know, whatever. Or if you got a top secret security clearance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, I do, but I don't care. Yeah, right. Obviously. Nice talking Fire it to up. you, Benjamin. You as yeah. well. Yeah, you guys are uh, delightful. I, I've been so uh, happy finding all these uh, just incredible people around Monterey. It's been great. Right. This is where I'm supposed to be. I know you've got a hundred more stories to tell. I don't even want to turn this thing off yet. Oh, but. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, another time, another time. Right, another time. <laughs> well, Steve, you met, you met your business partner. <clears throat> kind of like um, serendipitous, kind of like this. Yeah. Yeah. He was also Air Force. Awesome. Told you a little bit about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. A, a little, little different He's also, me, but, also yeah. he's an Asperger's. <laughs> Yeah, yeah uh, he's self-diagnosed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah, an yeah. Asperger's. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my dad had it. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. is so intelligent. Yeah, but yeah. Really often smart, they are. Great person. Yeah, right. Often the way it works. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think the universe brings people that need to be together together. together. Amen. Right. Yeah. Amen. Right on. Or cool. <laughs> thank you. All right, my friend. That's the light. Another time. Okay. Yeah. Oh, back to my All coconut right. water.